And this morning I'm going to be talking about that, the Holy Spirit, and how uh, Jesus worked with the Holy Spirit because it's important that we learn from those things. Well, thank you, guys. I'll let you <laughs> take a seat. Awesome. But let me just pray this morning because it's important that we open up our hearts and minds to hear from God's Word and grab hold of those things. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your Word. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus. Father, we thank you for all that you give us. And this morning, God, as I speak, I pray, oh God, you give me a word that is not of my own self, but God, as a word fresh from you. God, we are reliant on you. We are hungry for you. We desire to know more of you. And I pray, oh God, from your word, you'll speak to us. By your word, by your power. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Holy Spirit, wow, awesome. Um, you know, when we look in the Scripture, because we should always have a scriptural reference to anything that we believe. Too much in our world today, people are just believing things because they've heard somebody speak it or say it. And even in regards to uh, church life and teachings, you know, there's some wacky teachings out there. We need to always have a reference to God's Word, because His Word changes not, He changes not, and uh, so that should be our starting place. So, in, we were first introduced, actually, to the Holy Spirit in the book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 2, where it says, And the earth was without form and empty, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. The first mention of the Spirit in action is found in Genesis 1, 2. Here's the Holy Spirit above the earth, which was without form, is empty. Absolutely nothing there, zilch. And darkness was on the face of the deep, it says, and the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. Now, from the Greek, it's like a, a mother hen sitting on the eggs, waiting to, for something to happen, you know, to incubate them. And, uh, and this is the picture we have of the Holy Spirit moving upon the earth and uh, like brooding over the earth and, and about to produce something. And of course, God says, let there be light, and the Holy Spirit makes it happen, and so forth as we go on. See, the Holy Spirit is mentioned right through from the Old Testament, right through the New Testament. Quite often we think more, I think, probably lean when we think about the Holy Spirit more into the New Testament, because we, it, it speaks a lot, but it's also a lot in the Old Testament as well. But it's important that we know who the Holy Spirit is. We have all kinds of ideas how to explain Him. Have you ever had that sort of interesting discussion with somebody, a, a non-believer, or, or even sometimes a new believer? What is the Holy Spirit? And, and what sort of answers do you give? Oh, he's this fluttery little thing. <laughs> you know, people have some unusual sort of descriptions about the Holy Spirit. But um, we need to have a, a better understanding of that because there are so many wrong ideas out there in the world. I mean, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses will teach that the Holy Spirit is just a power, a force of God. It's not a person. It, you know, it's just God's power. And, of course, that does not relate to any of the Scriptures at all. In fact, I had a, a visit from the Jehovah's Witnesses one day, and uh, they never came back afterwards, but <laughs> we sat there for two hours debating this whole thing, and uh, they said, no, 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 you've got it wrong. And I said, no, you've got it wrong. 
I said, the Holy Spirit is a person. And they said, no, he's not. He's a force of God. And I said, where'd you get that from? And they tried to bring out a little passage. And I said, well, let's read the, the whole chapter in context. So we got the whole picture here of what's happening. And they were getting very frustrated. It was this um, elder and this lady, and uh, they're looking at each other, trying to come back with an answer. They had no answer because it's there in the Scripture. He's a person. And um, they got really flustered and... I think they just gave up, and they asked where I'd come from, and I said, I come from a Pentecostal church, and they went, oh yeah, I thought so, and, uh, and they told me how they'd been Catholics, and they'd been Mormons, they'd been through everything, just about, and now they're on the Jehovah's Witnesses, and yet they have not found the answers, and I said, well, you find the answer in God's Word and His truth, and I said, and they looked at the time and said, oh, we've got to go, and I said, you're welcome to come back anytime you like. And uh, they never did. <laughs> and I've since found out that uh, apparently once you have those sort of discussions that are different to what they believe, they never come back because they blacklist you. And uh, that's happened to me a couple of times, even with the Mormons, but never mind. Anyway, so uh, it's important that we get the correct understanding from the Word of God who the Holy Spirit is. 2 Timothy 3.16 tells us all Scripture is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfected thoroughly, uh, furnished to every good work. So the Scripture tells us itself that we must go to the Scripture for truth, for knowledge, understanding, correction. So let's have a look. So what, what does God's Word teach us about the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm just going to go just through a few things here. I'm not going to expand on this one because uh, I'm sure some of the guys that will be preaching in the next few weeks when they go on to it, and I want to leave them some material. <laughs> I was having a joke with Corey last night about this. I said, gee, I love it when I get to go first the first couple of weeks because I can say anything on anything. And, and I, said, I used to hate it when I'm last on the list and everyone's spoken about everything that I thought of. You know, it's like, I don't know anything more, you know. Like, uh, so it's good. So I, I, I'll be brief. So, and, and Corey said he would not tell me what he's talking on anyway when he preaches. So <laughs> in case I steal it, my wife always accuses me of that. She goes, oh, I've got this great idea for when I preach on No, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> you'll steal it and claim it as your own anyway, a bit of plagiarism there but yeah, that's cool uh, so what does the word of God teach you? so I'm just giving a brief list of things and, and I'm going to move on from there well first of all, he is the third person of the Trinity the, the Godhead, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 2, 10 to 11 he is intelligent, he's got intelligence in 1 Corinthians 12, 11 he says he has a will the Holy Spirit has a will John 16, 8, he convicts the world of sin. We come to know Jesus because the Holy Spirit convicts us for our need of Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit doing that work upon us. In Romans 8, 14, he guides us. He is our guide. In 2 Peter 1, 21, he inspires us. He's inspiring. John 14, 26, he teaches. The Holy Spirit gives you teaching on things. You know, I've had some incredible moments uh, one of the weirdest ones I ever encountered was when I was a new Christian and uh, uh, the crazy uh, leaders of the time put me in leadership, which was crazy. I was only a new Christian and, and uh, Dave would remember these days. And um, I didn't know much. I'm learning the Bible, but I'm supposed to be a kind of leader leading others in this and they knew more than me. But I remember somebody asking me a question from the youth and I had absolutely zilch idea what he was on about because I hadn't got that part of the Bible um, and uh, I only just read a bit about Jesus, that was about it. But suddenly as I opened up my mouth, I just felt the words coming out, you know, and I was like, 
Whoa, this is not my words. And I was learning myself as I was speaking. Have you ever taught yourself something new? <laughs> That's the weirdest feeling ever. But that he is our teacher. He can teach you things. You know, it's incredible. And of course, in Ephesians 4.30, he has feelings. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. And you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, I'll tell you. And um, it's the worst place you can go to. So uh, all these things the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit, but I want to talk a little bit about today about how the Holy Spirit uh, was seen in the life of Jesus, because this is important for us to understand, because Jesus' story is uh, an amazing story of truth that applies to us, because we are to follow Him, so He's sh our example. He shows us how to live, He shows us how to do things, and we follow. So let's start in uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 35. We're just going to go through a couple random scriptures here. And it says, uh, you got the same version as me? Okay. Um, this is Gabriel saying to Mary. <clears throat> he comes before Mary and says, The Holy Spirit shall come on you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One which will be born of you shall be called the Son of God. And in Matthew 1.18, we see in the account in Matthew of this, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was this way, for his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph before they came together. She was found to be with a child by the Holy Spirit. So right in the beginning of Jesus coming into being, it was by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. It was the incarnation. Jesus um, Mary must have been like absolutely freaked out, find out she was pregnant, and and Joseph just like he would have probably gone, what the heck is going on here? And uh, as he said, he was kind of wanted to put her away, as in nicely believing that she'd done the wrong thing. But it was the Holy Spirit had born witness or born uh, Jesus into her womb, and uh, this was done, of course, because Jesus was without sin. Jesus was born perfect, and. This is what Jesus tells us, that we also need to be born of the Spirit. In fact, there's in John chapter 3, verse 4, Jesus has this dialogue speech with Nicodemus, one of the Pharisees, come to him in the middle of the night, asking him this very thing about things. And it says in John 3, 4, Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the, the, the second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus Answer, truly, truly, I say to you, unless a man is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born of the Spirit and of water. Here it says, you know, Jesus was born of the Spirit. And we also need to be born again because we weren't born like that the first time. What does that mean, born of water and the Spirit? Well, Ezekiel chapter 36, 25 to 27, I think it gives us a clear understanding where it says, I will sprinkle clean waters on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from your filthiness and from your idols. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. So we need to walk uh, with a clean heart, we need to walk in the Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit within us. And if we're lacking the Holy Spirit, you're just kind of living life on your own thoughts and your own means. But when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it changes everything because He's able to teach you and guide you in your ways. 
So we see, first of all, Jesus was born by the Holy Spirit. Secondly, one of the most important parts of that is that we see Jesus, uh, age around 30, being baptized. Now, he is baptized uh, in Mark chapter verse 1, verse 9. It says, And it happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John the by John in the Jordan. I was going to say Michael Jordan. Uh, And immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, "You are my beloved Son, in whom I am pleased." So here we see another incredible moment where Jesus has interaction with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes upon him. Here he is being baptized comes out the water and it says the Holy Spirit came upon him as a dove came upon him. So first of all, we find that he was born of the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit came upon him. Now it's from that time that he was led into the wilderness. It says the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tested as we know probably most of us of the 40 days in the wilderness that Jesus had to encounter where he was tested by Satan. But it says he was in Luke 4, one, it says Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit in the wilderness. He's full of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit came upon him, totally immersed him. He was immersed, first of all, in water for, uh, following the rituals of repentance, of cleansing. But then the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was full of the Holy Spirit. So when he went into the desert, he was able to go without you know, food and water for 40 days and be tempted by the devil. And because of the Holy Spirit with him, he had the power to overcome the enemy in this case. And it says at the end of all these temptations that the devil put before him, in Luke 4.14, it says he returned in the power of the Spirit. So he didn't lose anything. He walked in the power. He lived in the power. And that's how he remained in the power. Peter says that in Acts 10.38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You know, you don't see anything written in the Scriptures about Jesus healing anyone until after that moment. You think it was 30 years, basically, on this planet Earth where there's no recording of him going out healing or, or doing anything like that. But the moment he was baptized, Holy Spirit came upon him and he was led into the wilderness full of power. He came out of that wilderness full of power. He started ministering uh, miracles and healings and all sorts of things. It was the power of God upon him once he had the power on him. And the power on him was the Holy Spirit. And that's why you and I also need the Holy Spirit. You can't walk in your own power, your own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit for as he administers those healings. And And we have the power, of course, over the enemy as well. So we are called to follow Jesus' example in this as well. We're, we are called to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and it's an amazing thing. You know, it's like, um, I remember when I was at college, we were talking about uh, many things, and one of my lecturers said one of his encounters with the Holy Spirit was quite amazing. Um, they'd had somebody got, uh, gave their life to Jesus at the altar, and they started manifesting a, a spirit, you know, an evil spirit was inside them. And this guy was quite big, apparently. So, the, you know, a few people huddled him off into one of the back rooms. And uh, he thought, it's all good. The guys have got it covered. And uh, suddenly he, he heard a big ruckus going in this room, chairs being thrown. And this, this guy was manifesting, apparently. He's picking up desks and throwing them and all this sort of stuff. 
And this uh, lecturer of mine goes, oh my goodness, I thought it was all under control, but I realized it wasn't, and I just felt like, what do I do? And uh, he suddenly felt the Holy Spirit say, well, get in there and take control. And he goes, what? That guy's bigger than me. And uh, <laughs> he says, don't worry, I'll be with you. And he said, you know, as soon as he took that first step forward to the, towards that room, he felt the presence of the Holy Spirit come upon him, and suddenly he felt like he was the whole cool something, you know, the, yeah, we do. And he went in there and he just spoke the words and the power of God, this guy just fell to the ground and uh, he just bound him and cast his spirit out of him. But this is the power of the Holy Spirit. When he comes upon you, you get this boldness. You notice that? You get this boldness, this power. You get out of my way, I'm coming through. You know, it's that kind of feel. And, and that's how it should be because you've got the power of the Most High God in you and there's nothing greater. No weapon against us shall stand. No weapon formed against us shall stand. And the enemy cannot overcome that power of God that is in you. And great, that's why it says, greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. There is a power within us when we receive Christ, when we receive the Holy Spirit, that is greater than any other power. And you don't need to be scared. You don't need to be scared of the corona boogeyman. And uh, you don't need to be worried about these things at all because there's a greater power within you. But what we've got to realize is it's in us. This is the one thing we don't seem to realize. It's in us. If it's in us, it can be released out of us. And that's what we've got to understand. And this is what Jesus understood. Jesus totally understood that. That's why he was so successful in praying for things, people, and, uh, and seeing things happen. Because he understood the power of the Holy Spirit within him. So we too are called to do that. And... Uh, that power has been given to us all. But Jesus didn't leave us. Like when he left this earth, you know, the disciples probably were pretty disappointed. And uh, Jesus, you know, like you've been hanging out with us for three and a half years or something, and you know, you, you're gone, you know, that's it. And some of us as believers are, are still like that. We're kind of shell-shocked. Well, Jesus isn't here. So when he comes back, then things will happen again. Well, when he left, he left us with a comforter called the Holy Spirit that you too shall do those things. In fact, he says, you shall do greater things than these. Wow, that's quite impressive, isn't it? You shall, not you might, you shall do greater things than this. This is what Jesus said to the believer that has the Holy Spirit within them. And if you've got the Holy Spirit within you, then you need to rise up. Everything, uh, all things are possible with him. And if you've got him in you, nothing is impossible. So you need to start living from that place of... Um, victory rather than defeat too many people christians i see are living in a place of defeat and i go hey what's for you where's the holy spirit alive you know it's not alive in you what do you put to death or something you know you need to rise up you need to allow the the, uh, the power of god to rise in you and when people have a hope when people have that expectation we see the power of god move because it's an act of faith we saw amazing things in Myanmar. I'm just thinking about Myanmar like as an example because some of the guys here were there. Um, because people came with an expectancy of faith, they were ready for God to move. It's like setting the scene up for Him to move. But when you shut that scene down, it's like God's got nowhere to kind of move and He's not going to move because you're not operating in faith. It's impossible to please God, but by faith, Hebrews 11:6 tells us. So if we're going to move in the power of God, we must have the faith to believe that He is in us and He wants to come out of us and He wants to do the great things He said about us, that He will do through us. And so we need to rise up and start doing it. Start just, you know, just do it. And, uh, and when we get onto that sort of understanding, we'll see the power of God move. 
you know, it's not like we're sort of waiting for God to do something, but God's waiting for you to do something. Do you ever think about that? God is waiting for you to do something. And yet we think, oh, it's just got to wait for him. And, uh, you know, when, when God's ready and in his time, I don't want to rush him. And, uh, but no, because it says in Acts 1, 8, it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and, and even to the remotest part of the earth. See, this was a promise. Luke 24, verse 49 says, And behold, this is Jesus. See, Jesus didn't leave the disciples on their own. He gave them a promise. He says, All right, look, I'm, I'm, I'm out of here, but I must go that I send you another like me. The Holy Spirit is like Jesus. And it says, and behold, I send the promise of my Father on you, but you sit in the city of Jerusalem until you are clothed with the power from on high. So these are the words, the comforting words he left with his disciples. said, you go off to Jerusalem, stay there, as they did in the upper room, just praying and fasting. And he said, wait for that promise to come, which the promise of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And as you know, uh, as you read Acts, you'll see that that power hit in that room it says tongues of fire were distributed upon them and they started speaking in unknown tongues that they'd never spoken in before. How freaky would that be? Uh, yet people understood their language, you know, and uh, the power of God came upon them. And so you've got to understand this is God's word to you. This is God's power, powerful words to you. From one, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So if the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you have power. You have power to speak to that mountain to move. You have power to believe all things. You have power to believe in that miracles. You have power to believe. And so each one of us needs to be stirred in that, needs to be encouraged that, because uh, the breakthrough moment will come when you understand that. When you understand that you have the Holy Spirit in you and the power of God can be administered through you, when you have that wake-up moment, that's when God will really move. So this morning, I want you to just really think about it. Get your Bibles out. Start reading about the Holy Spirit again. Start really being stirred about those things. Start to believe. Start to pray. You know, I just, I, I think sometimes in life we start off well and, uh, you know, and then we can sort of get busy and we forget some of the things that we learned in the early days when we were saved and, and things like that. And I was just going back to some of the books that I read and some of the people that inspired me. Even just last night, I uh, just felt prompted to read uh, Yonggi Cho's book on uh, the fourth dimension, which is about the Holy Spirit. And basically, he says, like, we're th in the third dimension, and the Holy Spirit works in the fourth dimension, so it's a higher dimension. And I remember somebody, I can't remember if it was Yonggi Cho or someone pointed this out, got a blackboard and drew a little stick man, you know, the little stick man, everyone knows how to draw, and uh, that's like a 2D character, and... Me as a 3D character, I can kind of go around that little stick character and I can poke my finger in him and he's, he's totally unaware of it because I'm in a higher dimension to what he is. He's in 2D, I'm in 3D, you know. Well, that's what it's like with the Holy Spirit, it's 4D. God's all around you, God's within you, he's in another dimension that unless God opens our spiritual eyes because some people have had those moments where God's allowed them to see in the spirit realm and go, whoa, well, that's the fourth dimension. And Yogi Cho talks very much about this and how he understood uh, from examples of what God gave him on how to uh, work with the Holy Spirit. Because if you know Yonggi Cho, he had the 
churches, well, the largest church in the whole world, like 800,000 people plus and all these other plants and stuff. Uh, but his ministry didn't start like that. He talks in the story about how when he, um, in his book, he tells the story of how he, when he started his ministry, he'd be out preaching on the streets in Korea and uh, like he was kind of really frustrated because he's reading how great God was and, and all this and he actually had this conversation where God said, well, look, God, you know, if you call me to this ministry, how am I supposed to say how great you are when I haven't got any basics? You know, I've got a chair to sit on, I haven't got a table to work on, I haven't got a transport. You know, like, it'd be nice to have these things so I can say how great God is and, you know, you know. and he was having this kind of whinge with God and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to him and says, well, you haven't asked, have you? You haven't asked. How many people whinge about what they haven't got but they've never asked? Anyway, he goes on to go, wow, okay, so he started praying. He goes, okay, God, I want, I want a push bike, I want a table, uh, and, and I want a chair. And he was praying and he's you know, like excited about it because he had the Holy Spirit speak to him about praying for these things. And he started sharing this with other people. And he said, look, um, got my chair and table and things uh, I've been praying for, you know, and uh, it's uh, all going to happen and all this. Two months went past, nothing. Three, six months. And he's really getting disappointed now. Like, where is this? What am I going to say to people? You know, I've been telling them I'm praying for this thing. Nothing's happened. You know, I feel like an idiot. How can I say you're all providing? And, you know, he's having another whinge. And the Holy Spirit says, well, I haven't answered your prayer because you haven't really told me what you want. You haven't described. There's lots of bikes out there. There's lots of tables, lots of different chairs, designs, whatever. You haven't told me. You got me. I've got nothing to work with. And so when he learned that secret, he became very specific. And he wrote down that he wanted, at the time, uh, this is the 1950s, uh, the best bikes were the American ones. So I want an American bike. Uh, I want a, a nice mahogany table. And I want a chair, uh, a swivel chair with these nice wheels on it. And he described it like 100%. And that's what he believed. And he said, when I changed my prayer and I could picture these things and I'd write it up on a list and I'd pray specifically, not only that, I went to a place of faith and said, thank you, God, for giving me these items. And he prayed them. That was a turning point for him because it actually happened. It was like a few weeks later, one of the uh, American evangelists going through was going back to America and he pulled in, said, look, I've got a bike here if you're interested in it. It was an American bike, color he wanted, everything. And he was given a table and chair and it just went on. He realized the secret is the Holy Spirit moves, moves with you. So you, he works through you. So he's got to work through you, you've got to help him. Okay, you've got to help him. You've got to, like, pray. Some of your prayers, some people have been praying prayers for ages and no breakthrough. Perhaps you're not specific enough. And um, I know he spoke about, and I've given the story too or, uh, before about a friend I knew, but he was talking about in this book about this woman who wanted a husband and, and she was just getting frustrated because she was getting older and nothing was happening. And he says, well, have you prayed about it? He goes, oh, yeah, I pray all the time. I just pray, God, give me a husband, give me a husband. He goes, yeah, but what sort of husband did you want? Have you ordered one? That's what, he said. <laughs> what was your order? And he goes, what do you mean? He says, I want you to write down 10 points about what you want. You've got to like, order what you want in that sense. And so she, he said, do you want a, a skinny guy, a fat guy? <laughs> well, first point, I want a skinny guy. Okay, what, what, what sort of job? I want him to be a musician, teacher. Okay, wrote all these 10 points down anyway. And um, he said, right now, Put that up on your mirror. Every morning when you're getting ready, just go through those points and thank God for bringing that husband into your life that meets those points. 
Well, it was shortly after, uh, a couple of weeks gone by, and there was some meeting on where a, a traveling band had come through, and the conductor, I think it was, uh, was a music teacher, handsome young man, and all the young girls were flocking after him, apparently trying to hook up with him, and he wasn't interested in them. He just had his eyes on this one lady, and that was the one lady who'd been praying for him, and he fulfilled all 10 points, every one of them that he prayed for, because she was specific and gave the Holy Spirit something to move with. And this is the same with Jesus. When Jesus was in his prayer times, the Holy Spirit was shown in pictures of that which was to come. So Jesus had complete confidence. You know, Zacchaeus, get down from that tree. How do you know I was there? You know, I already seen you, man. I've seen you. You know, it's like we need to get into that place where we trust the Holy Spirit, that we take time out to hear from him. And uh, this morning, that is my prayer for all of you, that you have that encounter with the Holy Spirit, start to believe again. Some of you guys have been Christians all your life. Some of you have been a short time. But sometimes we just need that reboot. And it's the Holy Spirit will give you that power, that reboot. Start to believe again. Start to dream. Start to pray for people. When you see people sick, hey, uh, yeah, I remember the other days I prayed for someone, I saw them healed, but, you know, it doesn't seem to work these days. No, 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 I'm going to be bold. I'm going to step out and say, hey, can I pray for you? Let's start to believe. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. The power of the Holy Spirit is in you. I just want you to close your eyes this morning as we come to a close. You know what, the Holy Spirit is the one that Jesus said is like another, like himself. But for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, it starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. For it's Jesus who gives us the Holy Spirit. And perhaps in this place this morning, you know, you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, or perhaps you once did, and Perhaps you're not even sure whether you did. You know, you've just grown up in a church uh, family and you're not really sure. Well, this morning, I want you to leave this place being sure that you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you know your sins have been forgiven, that you have a whole new life in Him. And you need not worry about the future because He's got everything covered. And if that's you in this place this morning, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you never asked for the forgiveness of your sins and you want a new start, with him, knowing that he will and he is just to forgive your sins. I want to give you the opportunity right now, just wherever you are, just raise your hand and uh, I'll see that hand and I'll just pray for you, pray with you. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Like I said, you may have done this years ago, but you realize that I'm not really living that life anymore. I need to come back to him. And if that's you, if you need to come back to him, I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. And secondly, this morning, I believe, I'm, I'm just kind of believing that everyone here has made that decision for Jesus. So this morning, I want you to move to the next stage. I want you to believe in the Holy Spirit. I want you to acknowledge Him. I want you to receive Him this morning. And you've got to be hungry for him. You've got to be hungry after him. And if that's you this morning, say, I need you, Holy Spirit. I want you. I want you just to raise your hand, and I'll see that. Yep, see that hand. 
see those hands. That's fine. And I, I want to pray for you that the Holy Spirit will come meet with you right now. Right now. Not, not, not like next week. Not, right now in this place, I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He'll put something within your heart. He will speak to you. So I'm going to pray that right now. So if that's you in this place, just raise your hands to heaven wherever you are. Just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, I can't live without you. I'm dependent upon you. Father, right now, I just pray for everyone that has said that within their heart, that they're desperate to know you. I pray the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon them right now, where they're sitting, right now with their hands raised. God, that they receive from you the power of the Most High God. Receive from you. Come, Holy Spirit, fill them with power. Touch them right now, the point of need. God, stir within their hearts this morning. Let the fire of God come. The power of the Most High God fill them to overflowing. Overflowing, that they are baptized with fire, baptized in your love, baptized with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, fall afresh on me. Touch me this day. Fill me. Teach me. Guide me. Do all the things that your word says that you'll do. I need you. You are my comforter, as Jesus said. You are my guide. I may not understand you, but God, I need you. Holy Spirit, come meet.